0: Good morning, and peace be with you. We're going to get right into our announcements here this morning. I uh, wanted to let you know that uh, the Thanksgiving dinner that we have had here over the last several years is not going to happen here this year, Um, and we have an alternative And so the Eagles Lodge is having uh, a Thanksgiving dinner. Elks. Sorry, I was uh, up in Northern California on that one. Sorry, Daryl, sorry all you Elks, but the Elks Lodge is going to be having uh, Thanksgiving dinner. The doors open at 2, the meal starts at 3, the admission is a side dish. If you need transportation, Daryl and Louie have asked that you give them a, a call and let them know, and we'll arrange uh, transportation over there. So I wanted to make sure that those with no plans or family that may not be in town this year, that you are uh, have a, a wonderful option. So uh, get in touch with Daryl and Louie, and, Louis and um, we'll make sure that that happens, okay? And on your bulletins, I'll just... Let you see that uh, we have council members uh, in need. We're needing council members. So if it's ever on your heart to join uh, the Council of Reformation, we could certainly use your help. And counters are needed. Um, Do you love to count? (laughs) We could always use somebody to help count uh, after our services or on Mondays uh, for the offerings that come in. And uh, we have quite a process there. It's easy. Uh, I was told even I could do it, although I can't do it because I'm the pastor, but, but it's simple enough. You don't even have to go to the bank anymore, so it's just a, a, a matter of counting and accounting, and, and away we go, okay? And um, I think that's about it. One thing I would like to um, interject this week and periodically throughout the year It struck me this morning, I happened to come across Luther's explanation from the small catechism of the second article of the creed, and it's why we're here and who we're here for. And I want to read this to you. Many of you who have gone through uh, the catechism of Lutheran Church before confirmation will remember this. Bear with me. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who was redeemed, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity, this is most certainly true." wanted you to hear that this morning. Let us stand. Our opening hymn is found on page 369 of the green uh, hymnal, The Church's One Foundation. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save. Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. The Lord be with you let us pray living God your almighty power is made known chiefly in showing mercy and pity grant us the fullness of your grace to lay hold of your promises and live forever in your presence Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Good morning. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, and this can be found in your pew Bible on page 90. Exodus 3, beginning with the first verse. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. second reading is taken from Psalm 148, and we will read that responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 148, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights above, praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his heavenly hosts, praise him, sun and moon, praise him, all you shining stars, praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the skies, let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. Lightning and hails, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. The epistle this morning is Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, and continuing then to verse 13 through 17, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1843. Paul's cautioning the Thessalonians, uh, because they thought that the rapture, the second coming of Christ, was imminent. It's going to happen momentarily. So they all quit working and sat around waiting. So Paul's instructing them about the second coming. Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshiped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time for the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. But we ought to always, to, we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teaching we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 40, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1634, Luke 20, 27 through 40. Some of the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers The first one married a woman and died childless. The second, and then the third, married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Since the seven were married to her. Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection." But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all are alive. And some of the teachers of the law responded, well said, teacher, and no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. A couple of scriptures I want to have you meditate on, just to hear right now. First one's from Job. We know the story of Job. Job. He writes, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. That is Job 19, verses 25 through 27. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. We just heard that in Luke 20, verses 35 through 36. This week we celebrate a very special holiday. And it isn't Thanksgiving, even though it is a a day to give thanks. And it isn't Independence Day, though it is a day to celebrate freedom. And it isn't Valentine's Day, even though it is a day to think about love. The holiday we celebrate this week is called Veterans Day. And this holiday is celebrated in in many countries around the world. And in some countries it is called Armistice Day. In others it may be called Remembrance Day. But no matter what you call it, It is a day on which we honor the men and women who have served in the military. We also honor those who have died for the cause of freedom. It is a time for us to say, thank you for the sacrifices that they have made. It is a time to think about the freedoms that we enjoy because they were willing to serve. It is a time to think about love, the love they showed for their country and for their fellow man. So how do we celebrate Veterans' Day? you know uh, Many people will celebrate it just like they celebrate any other holiday. They will go to the mall and they will go shopping. I'd like to suggest some other ways that we might celebrate, and many of you already do. But it bears saying other ways that we might celebrate this important holiday. Fly a flag in your yard to remind others that this is a day to honor those who have served. Spend some time in prayer. Give thanks to God for those who served to defend the cause of freedom. Those who chose to serve so that we can be here in freedom and safety to worship our God. Observe two minutes of silence. Concentrate on remembering those who have died defending the cause of freedom. Wear a poppy. A poppy, this red flower which is worn in remembrance for those who died for their country. The poppy was chosen because of a poem. The poem was In Flanders Fields, written by John McRae. It's honoring soldiers who died in the fields of Flanders, France, during the First World War. The war that was once, one still is, called The War to End All Wars. Flanders Fields poem goes like this. In Flanders Fields the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky the larks still bravely singing fly. Scarce Heard amid the guns below. Veterans Day is a holiday that we take very seriously, but that doesn't mean that it is time to mope around and be sad, does it? It is a happy occasion indeed. We can be happy that because of the sacrifice of these brave men and women that you and I enjoy great freedom we're experiencing right now. We can also be happy that even though many of these brave soldiers did die in battle, that it is not the end of their story. Here is the rest of the story. Those who had put their trust in God will be raised in will go to be with him in heaven. This is a promise from God's word. Listen once again to these words of the book of Job. My flesh may be destroyed, yet from this body I will see God. I will see him for myself. You know that That promise is not for soldiers alone. It is for you. It is for me as well. It is for all who put their faith and trust in God. And Jesus said, Those who are considered worthy of taking part in the resurrection are like the angels. They can no longer die. They are God's children. We are God's children. And one day we will see him. And that will be a wonderful day. Today's lectionary, the letter to the Thessalonians, and then the gospel according to Luke, are full of conflict and and full of opposition to Christ and and they're a little uncomfortable to hear. But I look at that letter to the Thessalonians in the gospel from Luke and, and I believe that they read like a I believe they read like a love letter from a father to his children. And that letter that he is writing to you and to me and all that would hear is a message of hope, a message of comfort, a message of eternal salvation for those who have been given the power to be called children of God by what his son did on that cross. It's also a message that Christ will assert judgment upon the lawless, upon those who reject his son. In the letter to the Thessalonians, this loving letter from Paul as a father, he is warning them and he is warning you and me to not be misled or or deceived regarding the second coming of Christ he is referred, as, as Ken read, that there was a letter that was sent out and it was said or signed, I'm taking a little bit of liberty here, but it was implied it was from Paul, so from Paul or by Paul. But it wasn't. And it was blasphemy and it was wrong and it was counter to the gospel that Paul had told them before. Yeah, fake news back then. And Paul saying, don't be deceived. And Paul's saying, lean on, trust in what you heard us say. In fact, he also admonishes his hearers that if anyone, including myself, I, Paul, or an angel, proclaims a gospel different than the one that you heard me preach, let him be accursed. He is warning his beloved to be on guard, that there is false teaching. There was false teaching then, and there is false teaching now. And there will be false teaching in the future. He's telling us and to the hearers of the time to cling to God's Word he's telling us that the only protection that you and I have from this false teaching, from this fake, this counterfeit, the only protection we have is by reading the Bible, by praying based on the Word, by continuing to hear the Word proclaimed. And what is that Word? Christ and him crucified. Period. And Paul comforts us by telling us that Christ will overthrow the Antichrist, the lawless one, the son of perdition. Yes, ma'am. I want to quote something or rather give you a quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He writes this, and this applies to you and me and this church body and as we go out after this service to fellowship in the courtyard as we celebrate the 244th birthday of the United States Marine Corps and as we celebrate along with a member for all the... Wonderful things that God has provided her family and this country. As we are fellowshipping out there, let us remember these words. Bonhoeffer wrote The Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him or her. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. So what does that mean? Well, here's how the question was asked and answered recently. The person answering says, I like to compare it to to marriage. Compare what? The Christian needs another, uh, another Christian to speak God's word to him. I like to compare that to a marriage. We might know in our hearts that our spouse loves us. But if we never hear it from them, doubts will inevitably creep in. The I love you from them is stronger than the he or she Loves me that's in our hearts. Do you hear that? When, when your spouse, when your beloved says, I love you, that is stronger than what is in your heart when you say to yourself, well, of course they love me. I know they love me. It's nice to hear, isn't it? So with Christ... He places others in our lives to speak that external objective word of love and forgiveness to us. And it can be simple. You've heard me say this. Jesus loves you and so do I. It's not a bumper sticker. It's the truth. It comes in a lot of forms. When we come alongside a brother and says, how are you? And we listen. You all have this need to hear the words that are on your heart, but you need to hear them externally from another brother. That you are loved. That to God you are well pleased and to that person you are loved. And you all have this gift of speaking truth and love to others. You all have this ability. Use it. Lastly, I want to talk a little bit about what uh, Luke is telling us. Again, it's a love letter and it's a warning and we see Jesus being confronted by the Sadducees. And the Sadducees, uh, (laughs) as silly as it is, they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. They were of an elite group of people and they loved the law. But they didn't believe in angels, and they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's kind of an important part there. That resurrection, Paul says, if, if it didn't happen, then we are to be pitied amongst all fools. Christ and him crucified. That's the simplicity of the gospel. Christ and him crucified for you who believe. And yet he's having this conversation, and they're trying to trick God incarnate. They're trying to trick God the author of the Holy Scripture, with some crazy mosaic law about brothers having to take up the part of a husband to a wife, and they're like, gotcha! And Jesus (laughs) says, in a very nice way, wow, you fell out of the stupid tree and hit every branch on the way down. Because that isn't how... Eternity works. And he explains it very succinctly that there's not going to be any marriage. It's just not that way. And interestingly enough, at the end, you hear some teachers of the law. Those are the scribes and the Pharisees. And it's the one time that you hear them going, that's right, Jesus. Because they believed. In angels and the resurrection. They just didn't believe that he was the Messiah. That's key. Christ and him crucified. And so Jesus gives us a warning, and these two bits, bits of our lectionary scripture tie together because you're going to have factions that say, yeah, that part's right, and that part's not. And they miss the boat. And you never really hear about the Sadducees ever again in Luke. But you certainly hear about the scribes and the Pharisees. Why? Because the scribes and the Pharisees had been given the gift of God's Word. They had been put in a a holy position of teaching God's Word, and they did it wrong false teachers. They were in it for the money. And we know that because Jesus points them out as saying that they are lovers of money. When the little widow gave her two mites, two little, not even worth a penny coins, but she gave out of her poverty, whereas the people that are coming around blowing horns saying, look at me, given now. Aren't I something? He's pointing out false teaching, lovers of money, lovers of self. Two weeks ago, we talked about the, the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee says, God, I tithe, and oh, I do all these other things that are wonderful, and thanks for making me so wonderful, God. I'm not like that guy over there who was a publican, a Jew, a tax collector. And that tax collector said, Simply, Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus asks, Who went away justified? And we know it was not the Pharisee. So, how does that tie into you and to me? Well, Jesus tells us that he overcomes the world, Jesus tells us, and he is not vague. Neither is God, that he is the God of the living. Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We know that Job made this declaration, and it's true, that though his body is worn out, though his body has got sores all over it, though his own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? He stayed with it because of that promise he knows, knew, and is experiencing right now that though that body, though that tent that he is in is worn out and has perished on earth, he will see God again in his own, with his own eyes. That's that resurrection promise. And that's what keeps us going as children of the God, the promise that Jesus gave us, the promise that was delivered to us in our baptism, that that death we died like his in this water, and that resurrection that we experienced like his when we came out of the water, that clothing in Christ that covers us. You were not just baptized. You are baptized. You walk wet. You are part of the faithful that God is talking about here when you will experience that hope and do experience that hope, you will experience that everlasting life no matter what happens to you on this earth. And it's not so good for those that don't. Today we have another gift from him, his true body and his true blood. It was, uh, as you've heard me say before, not nails that held him to that cross, it was love. It was love. And as we remember and give thanks to our military, we remember that uh, they did what they did out of love, love for each other, and love for their brother on the right and their left, but it was love, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page four of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator.
2: The Lord be with you. And also with you. Brothers and sisters, let us come boldly before God's throne of grace praising God, praying with and for the church throughout the world on this day that the Lord has made. Let us pray. Gracious Father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and our Father too, We praise your holy name and thank you for calling us here together in this place of worship for over 50 years this month. May we always recognize your many blessings in the gift of each other. We thank and praise you for the veterans worshiping with us today. We truly appreciate their service among us still today that they are serving here in this place, in other words, still giving their life to you. Lord, in your mercy, you have promised, O Lord, to be our God, and we rejoice to be your children by grace. Hear now the prayers of your people for all manner and conditions of men. Your church is set among many and great enemies, O Lord and yet you have promised that no enemy will triumph over us. Give us such confidence in your promise that we will not fear, and give us the courage of your love that we may love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Lord, in your mercy, you have promised us the gift of your Spirit to make known to us all truth, and to keep us in your word. Grant to us, O oh Lord, faithful pastors who will teach us your word and devoted church workers who will serve us in your name. Bless those now preparing for church work, vocations, and inspire many to follow your call. Lord, in your mercy, <clears throat> you hold all people accountable for the responsibilities you have given them. O Lord, bless our president, our governor, the Congress and legislature, and all judges and magistrates. Guide them to serve according to your will and for the common good of all. Raise up those with with heroic virtue who will defend our liberty Protect those who defend us in the armed forces, even as you give peace to the nations. Lord, in your mercy. You have called unto yourself a people from all nations and races. Bless, O Lord, the missionaries who bring the light of your word to those living in darkness. Grant to us the wisdom and gifts of your spirit that we may give faithful witness to your son within our homes, to the neighbors nearby, and to the strangers we meet, maybe only once. Lord, in your mercy, you are above all things, the Alpha and the Omega, and yet you have chosen to dwell among men. Give us a glimpse of your glory that we may know what is good and right and true, the perfect beauty of your presence. Bless those who in art and music point us to your majesty, O Lord, and to the promise of your future, the holy city and New Jerusalem on high. Move us to offer to you our best for your glory. Lord, in your mercy, You have given us both bread for the body and Christ the bread of life. Prepare us now to receive with faith and thanksgiving his flesh for the life of the world and his blood that cleanses us from all sin. Unite us that we may believe and confess one faith and bring us to that day when we shall be one people together at the table of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. mercy. You promised our sorrows would turn into joy and we would not long remember the anguish of our labor. O Lord, deliver us from our tears and raise us with the saints of old to know you and to live in the joy of your present. Feasting together in the marriage supper of the Lamb in his kingdom without end. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our now with confidence that you will grant us all things needful and all things beneficial to us, and to all for whom we have prayed. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: Peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by His glorious resurrection, He opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise Your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, Holy, Holy. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus taught to us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I just uh, heard myself say, let us pray together the perfect prayer. That's pretty bold assertion to make, isn't it? But Jesus told us, when you pray, pray like this. And yes, there's... A little difference, but Jesus gave that to us, and it matters, and he hears it. And if your confession today, and I heard you, is that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, if you confess it with your lips, then come. This table, this feast of the, is a foretaste of the, of the feast to come. 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 The table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. I want to welcome you to stay afterwards uh, for a wonderful time of fellowship and good eats and a celebration of the 244th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. And this is uh, provided to you in honor of the men and women of the Marine Corps by Bob Fry and our own coach, or my coach. DeForest Jones, and now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.